once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com pick us up as both a podcast or a radio loop take your choice you i think you know about that by now when you go to the homepage at www.centerlefttalkradio.com uh, you'll see both links you'll figure it out quick enough um the radio loop is simply this show being played in a loop. You pick it up wherever you happen to, uh, wherever it happens to be, wherever you happen to be when you pick it up, and uh, pretty much gives you sort of that that old, warm, analog feeling of turning on your favorite talk radio show wherever you are or where. We're not quite, we're not quite Bob and Ray, or we're not quite rambling with gambling, but uh, it's interesting stuff. That's why you're here. That's why you're with us. And, of course, you can pick us up wherever podcasts are available. Just look for Center Left Radio. It is the 21st of April. Uh, the world keeps churning on. The media keeps giving us all sorts of reasons to uh, feel separated and distinct one from the other. The, uh, the act of walking outside one's door uh, is, I, I find, more and more frequently accompanied by a sense of what do I notice that is distinctly different. Obviously, if I'm, if I'm embedded in, in social media and the Internet, as much as I happen to be, it's almost as though you expect the air to be a different color or people to be of a visible different mindset or acting out all sorts of odd things. You're expecting, I don't know... Uh, well, anywhere from gun violence to, to protests over whatever uh, happening at the drop of a hat, if this is what the world is, if the world that we are witnessing uh, in our media world, that separate world that's been invented and created via the internet and the, and the world wide web, if, if that were actualized, what would the world be like? And, and, and that's a question for you. Do, you. do we begin to perceive the world or expect the world, the, the, you know, the workaday world, the average world, the, the normal thing, the, 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 the tangible experience, the regularly experienced world that we live in? Are we expecting that? Do we anticipate, as a rule, do we enter it every day with an anticipation that somehow it will replicate what we are experiencing in our media? For how many people, for how many people does it actually replicate that? How many people instantly find themselves in a world where every issue, every major issue that is propped up before our eyes is actually playing out in real time? Now, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess, I'm guessing, 
that the answer is probably not that many of us, not a majority of us, okay? I'm, I'm, let's, let's just take the country. So not a majority of people are going to have a gun issue today. Not the majority of people will have a uh, women's rights issue today. A very, 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 very small percentage or number of people will have a transgender or some kind of a homophobic-related issue today. Something, and when I say issue, I mean an issue in the context of the stuff that we experience in social media on a daily basis. But we'll, at some level, somewhere in our psyches, we're aware of all of that to a level, to a degree and, and, and in a quantity uh, that was never uh, imagined, wouldn't have been imaginable, certainly, uh, 20 years ago. We, we, are, we are inundated with and are products of, in many ways, this social media thing that imposes itself on us constantly. And I, the old perception is reality phrase uh, keeps, getting, keeps coming to mind for me again and again. We, we have our perceptions uh, based on what silo we feed from in the social media universe? Are we in the midst of, of Fox? Are we in the midst of, of MSNBC? Are we with broadcast? Are we with what kind of uh, online newspaper? I mean, I don't know how many people are actually using, pr hold a print paper in their hands anymore, not too many, but there are, there are enough, I'm, cer I'm certain. Um, how many of us basically can or how, no, no, the, the question I think is really how many of us differentiate our lives as we step out the door, as it were, from the, the siloed information that we receive? Is it, do we seek a world that replicates that? Do, in, do we anticipate and therefore, and therefore, go after. Are we attracted to a real world, a non-media world, a, a an interactive world that is uh, less saturated with the siloed information that we normally get? I, I, I think for many of us, it's a relief. Get the hell away from from all of the crap. Uh, and, I, and I'm using crap in the most general sense, the, the non-stop media stuff that we're feeding ourselves and opinions about everything uh, from, from not-so-qualified experts all over the place. It, it's a relief to kind of get away from it. The real world, you know, what, what happens outside your door is actually, in many ways, it, it, it's, you can breathe a sigh of relief getting away from the media world that we otherwise find ourselves in. Uh, and and I, I've been surprised, I've been surprised of late by just how 
oversaturated that media world is becoming. Now, taking what we take in on media and putting it in one category, and then looking at the real world on the other hand, there is so distinct a difference between what I see coming in a, let's say, from a, from a Fox-generated perspective and the world as I perceive it when I step away from media. In other words, nothing, nothing feels exactly like media when you're outside. You open the door, you go out, you do And people should do this more often, by the way. Get, get the hell away from your TV, from your radio. Just, just get out. The world is different, but it is so much more different from what I'm hearing of late in the more far-right extremist elements of, of media at this point. And, and I have to question how on earth people on the far right are able to, I don't know, is it hold your breath and, and just keep diving down and, and, just keep, and just keep absorbing all of this and, and, and walking out your front door and recognizing or not recognizing it, not recognizing what you've just been fed anywhere near what it sounds like or what it, want, what it ultimately is in the real world. It just ain't like what you're being told. I, I did a little experiment uh, just after the... Uh, just after the announcement of the, uh, of the nearly $800 million settlement that was uh, paid out by, um, by, News Corp, by, by Fox to Dominion, uh, I, I switched over that evening uh, to see if there was any announcement of this on Fox or on Newsmax or whatever. Now, at, I would have figured Newsmax and, 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 uh, and One America News would basically look to do this, I don't know, to, to sort of jab Fox a bit, might have been, been in, the, in, their, in their best interest. And of course, it was wall-to-wall on MSNBC, CNN, all the major broadcasting, all the major news outlets. Otherwise, the, the, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the, the, everyone. Uh, the New York Post, I'm not sure what they might have done with it then. But at the time it happened, it was 4 o'clock or so in the afternoon, nothing was coming through on Fox. I didn't see anything. I mean, and again, these are quick dial switches. As this major news is coming out, nothing is there. I went the following day I, at noon as, as the story was really, really blossoming. And I went on Fox and I, and I checked and I saw that, and Fox had another one of its typical five people panels, uh, everybody sitting on a couch facing you, uh, uh, the, the women with their knees pushed as tightly together as humanly possible, and complaining about, and I tried to listen and figure out what the topic was. 
And there was, I heard Biden's name in there. This is, this is the God's honest truth. I heard Joe Biden's name, and I heard a complaint about some, some lack of information being given or some other names. I, I didn't recognize what they were angry about. Every, every, everybody else is talking about the $800 million that Fox has paid, the implications of that, the, 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 implica the further implications of Smartmatic, the further implications that that will have in the January 6th cases coming against Donald Trump, everything, all of these things that really are quite real world. $800 billion, a million dollars is a very real world figure. The implication this might have for Fox newscasters, et cetera, et cetera. Fox itself is off on a tangent so removed from any of this and so removed from my experience that I don't even, it's as though I had walked into a clubhouse that was in the middle of debating a local uh, internal situation with a bunch of members that I didn't know. And I couldn't even, it was like walking into a Harold Pinter play. In the middle of a, as much as a Pinter play always felt like you were walking into a play. Basically not understanding what's going on until somehow it almost resolves itself as the play comes to the end. That's what I felt like listening to Fox. That, that it was this grasping for something to have a grievance over I, I, I was waiting for perhaps maybe having a grievance over having to pay $800 million. That, that's a bit of a grievance, I, I would imagine. But it would be kind of hard to, well, you know, they forced us to pay. Eight. No, they didn't force you. You simply didn't go to trial. You didn't go to trial because you knew that you'd come out far worse. You didn't go to trial because there had already been a partial summary judgment against you in the, the rarest, rarest, rarest of circumstances that actually declared in advance of the trial that the jury didn't have to determine whether or not you were lying. No, the judge already said, folks, jury, even before we seat the jury, jurors, listen, I'm going to tell you this. Everything they said was a lie. It was all lies. That is established. No one has to try to establish this at trial. All you have to determine was the culpability, the, the mens rea, the basic mindset of these people. Were they being ignorant and being therefore grossly negligent about this? Or were they being vicious? Were they consciously putting out lies? Now, it could be neither but if you know everything they're saying is a lie and they're a news organization that is supposed to be giving you truth and they call themselves fair and balanced, well, well, well the odds that they just somehow missed it all are gone. So that's newsworthy, I would think, but Fox doesn't see it that way. And I went a step further. Um, I, I, I have read of late in various sources. Again, this, these would be 
certainly it wasn't, I didn't read this in Fox. I didn't read it uh, in any kind of Newsmax online outlet, although I, I've received information from them recently. Somebody was being cute and put me on a list of Newsmax uh, information. Well, in any event, uh, that the most respected uh, the, the, what being declared the most objective news source, the most objectively observed news source by the most American people is PBS. And that would stand to reason. PBS has always, I think, striven to be that kind of an outlet to really try to avoid the really super sharp edges and to be objective and, God knows, accurately sourced about the information it puts out and to be relatively calm about it, not to be jumping up and down hair on fire and to be looking at all sides. So I, I, it's been a while since I've watched a, an un, uninterrupted full hour of the evening news on PBS, and I, and I decided to do that. Judy Woodworth, was, whoever was normally doing it, was off, but I watched the full hour end to end. And this is after watching a lot of coverage with MSNBC, CNN, and the usual sources that I use to bring you the information that I'm, want, that I'm giving to you here on Central Left Radio. And I was really surprised at how close, <laughs> how, how similar the, 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 the objective content was on PBS versus what was on MSNBC. Granted, granted, uh, a Joe Scarborough type delivery can be a tad florid, but the, con the basic content and the basic reasoning of, or, or, the, or the basic explanation, the, the commentary following the facts that are being discussed on the shows on a given day, between comparing between MSNBC and PBS, remarkably, remarkably similar. I, I, I was really taken back by this. But Fox, again, just casually dropping in on them from point to point, time to time, unable to, in, in some instances, even figure out what it was they were talking about. It was a grievance. It had words. It had Biden in there. I think I heard New York City. I think I may have heard Adams. Oh, there was something about... Um, about Oh, the, the, the shelters are full in New York. They're not caring for people. And I listened for a few seconds expecting to hear, well, because, you know, they've been sending busloads of people up from Florida and, and, and tech. nothing about that. And again, nothing, nothing about the fact that their company had just paid out $800 million. So you can, because of the siloing of information, I guess the net net of all of this is that it is possible to totally, totally freeze out undesirable information from your news silo, from your stream. You can ignore utterly and completely those things that you want to ignore 
or miscolor them for your audience or whatever. In essence, you are able to be anything but newsworthy. You are not news. You are basically entertainment. And yes, yes, yes. We, we, I, I, I've said this myself, and everybody says it. Fox has been entertainment for all the time. Sometimes it's a joke, but it's a fact. And 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 it takes it takes some getting. It, it takes a little work to really get this in your skull, just how much or how little of what is passed out by Fox at this point is rational news reporting. It is pure entertainment. It is nothing but an effort to pander to the perceived uh, orientation of the base and do nothing to prevent it. If, if you had, if you were Fox, if you were, if you were their board, if you were if you were the governing group if you were the if you were the management would you make changes would you do anything to basically vary your either your your uh, your your content or your delivery or the people doing it would the board make demands of would would your business model change in any way of, well, rationally, you should. If you are, if you are business, if if you need to basically, uh, if you're if you're conscious of and 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 devoted to the notion of of, of g delivering rational content. But if you go ahead and ignore something this massive affecting you. If you take no responsibility, if you express no internalization, if you refuse to even suggest to your viewership that this happened, much less explain why it happened, then you are afraid. Fox is desperately, desperately afraid of fill in the blank, its own audience, its Market share is all that matters. It has gone past news media. It has gone past anything, anything related to objective reporting of facts. And it exists strictly and solely as a cash-generating mechanism based on viewership and what it can get that viewership to do and interact with in its, in its content. It is not news. So, I mean, any, any it's, it's not even a question of a particular slant on something. It's an entirely separate universe of information. And it... it I, I'm convinced that, that if you viewed Fox as much as I view MSNBC, and maybe people go, wait a minute, isn't your, aren't your views completely skewed? No, I'm using PBS, and I'm using what I hope is my legal background and my rational head and my capacity for you know, critical reasoning and thinking. 
and having been around this planet for a while and, and understanding a few things, I'm using all that to say I have a reasonably sound view of how the world operates, how America has operated. I know how the game is. I know the rules, the political rules. I know what is truth and what is falsity. Basically, I know how to do a sniff test on things that are being said to me. And I know that some things will be put past me. But essentially, I can differentiate between the stuff I'm getting on Fox and the stuff I'm getting on MSNBC, and I can see the difference. And, and it makes you wonder when someone who is embedded in the Fox world, when they walk out their front door, if they ever get out past their front door, do they, are they shocked as I am, and nicely in a way, by how much cleaner the air feels, by how, by how less polluted their mind stream or their, their experiences are, how, how much less they are related to the siloed information that they've been taking in up to that point. Is it, is it a bigger shock to Fox people? Then let's say to MSNBC, just, oh, my God, I turned it off. I'm away from that. To Fox, people go, wait, what happened to the world? Where, where, or do you start looking around to replicate that world? Or, or do you instantly go into a gun defensive mode? Do you, are you looking for transgender children to ban from something? Are you looking for a woman who might be thinking about, or, or do, you, do, you, do you stare at women who, who, who you suddenly imagine might actually be thinking about doing something about their reproductive health and begin having horrible thoughts about them? What? What do you do in the world when, when you've been siloed all of that Fox information? And, and I'm beginning, to, I, I, I don't think, I don't think you actually go out and begin pushing it, proselytizing, following, be, becoming the next step out the door on behalf of Fox. You don't live your life on behalf of Fox News. But you are oriented or you are willing to accept their storyline. And more than necessarily buying into any one position, any one extreme position about women's reproductive rights, about guns, about, about transgender, because any one of those things, you might find something in your life that's differentiated. The more important thing is that you do feel differentiated from the libs. You are convinced somehow, some way, collectively taking all these issues, whether these issues are in your life moment by moment or not, you need to somehow be protected from. That is the net net of all this. It is a wedge effect between people. The issues themselves become blurred. But it's the idea that, there, that, that that lib is of a different species. And the lib species basically is designed to come after me. They want to get me. 
the individual things that they're willing to do to get me, well, they rationally may not make sense in my world. It may not make sense that someone is actually, the government is coming to take my guns away. It, it may not make sense that someone is basically um, uh, forcing me to, I don't know, uh, uh, have a, uh, to, to, I, I, I must have an abortion. I'm being forced to have an abortion. Or I, 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 I don't know. Some, some absurd situation. But if you believe, if, if, your, if your fundamental sense of grievance is constantly being wedded, if you're constantly being fed the notion of grievance, if, if, if your mind is not oriented to solution, if you're not oriented to compromise, if all of that is passe, if everything that's being fed to you, at least by this media source, re-emphasizes and reorients you day by day, moment by moment, to the notion that differentiation is just how it is. And that is a business model decision. To the point that they can't even discuss their business activities when they have a huge impact on the organization, then you're listening to the wrong source. And, and, and of course, we know that, that the numbers, the, the, the ideas that are being fostered both by the uh, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy House of Representatives going as extreme as humanly possible on everything they can and what's coming out of Fox News is essentially pretty much in lockstep. And it all goes back to Donald. And none of it, or, or I, I just don't know how many Americans, if you, if you had to go with a percentage, how many Americans are actually embedded in each one of the positions that, that Fox is, is putting out there, rather than simply basking in the larger sense of differentiation from the libs? I, 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 I don't have an answer. But, but I, I have to imagine that the, the differentiation is basically the goal of Fox and the Republican House of Representatives and many of the, of the state houses and, and different congressional districts and all the gerrymandered. It's, it's less about achievement and any kind of gain than perpetuating the sense of difference because people are willing to spend money based on their perceived need to be protected from the other. Whatever it is the other is doing, the issues become secondary to the larger issue of being differentiated and protected from the enemy. And, and, and that's, see, that's, that's the scariest part here. It, it's, it's that you can't really, the way we're set up right now, it's very difficult to discuss issues because the other side is an enemy that's out to get you. So why would you discuss an issue 
with someone who, just by the very nature of who they are and what they ultimately seek, would use any form of subterfuge to basically get you. Now, the other side of that is, how many people really, really, really believe that? How many people are living in the paranoid world that a fox basically, the siloed fox information is basically causing? Do, do people truly, fully embrace all of that? Is, is, there, is there some skepticism? Is there some limited amount of, of intake on this stuff? I, I don't know. I don't have an answer, but what I am becoming more and more convinced of is that the Fox agenda and the Republican congressional agenda, as I watch both, are dedicated to preventing any kind of discussion of issues. The last thing that would be possible once you've created this atmosphere of distrust, of, an, of the assumption that the other side is literally out to get you, not just, not just support its own positions, that's what the libs might be doing. There are no positions on the, on the, on the uh, ultra-conservative, on the far-right side. They're just defensive postures. The, the rulings, the laws that they're attempting to pass, the, the restrictions they're attempting to put out there, there's no real constituency for these things, but, but there's a constituency for fear and differentiation, and there's a constituency for blame. So we can blame transgender kids, we can blame their parents, we can blame women who want to have an abortion. For, we can declare them criminals, we can declare doctors criminals, we can throw people in jail, we can, we can be angry at everyone and anybody because there's, a, there's somehow a lib conspiracy that's out to get us. Until you start realizing the results of some of these regulations and some of these laws. I mean, we're, we're going to find out before the day is out today, apparently. The Supreme Court is going to let us know if they're going to allow one hand-picked, ultra-far-right uh, conservative judge in Amarillo, Texas, to basically shut down the FDA. The entire drug approval process basically now would be subjected to any judge, any time you can do forum shopping and find a judge, a federal judge, who decides, oh, you know, this pill's been out there for, it's been used for, for 30 years, 25 years, it's used all over the world, it's been used by millions and millions, but I, I say, and I, I don't have to have any facts, any real facts, but I have a sense, I have a suspicion that, there may, that the original uh, decisions may have been inappropriately uh, made by the FDA 23 years ago when this pill first came out. Therefore, the FDA's decision is overruled. The pill is off the market. <laughs> now, this is the same Supreme Court, obviously, who's already knocked down Roe v. Wade and, and basically sitting there with Clarence Thomas, who has the moral and ethic uh, ethical uh, standings of a June bug, uh, and, and, and if, is it willing to go a step further and say, by the way, we are now, we are now just to prove that we are only, we're only looking to join the fight. 
We're looking to get angry at the libs. We're looking to basically knock them down before they knock us down. We're willing to ignore, we've already ignored our own precedent and stare decisis and, and Roe v. Wade and, you know, and, 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 and knocking that down. But we're going to go the full. We're going to go the full nine yards. We're we're going to just put the whole enchilada out there, and we're basically going to now completely uh, overstep whatever we used to say about being conservative and what a conservative values meant. That you basically had the separation between the powers. That you did not. That the Supreme Court does not legislate. No, we are simply a. No, we're going to get all that. We're going to get rid of all that because we have a political and a cultural issue that we want to keep out there in that angry mix. And we're going to allow us, we're going to allow a court, we're going to, we're going to allow an American court to basically destroy anything that might have once looked like conservatism in the name of protecting ourselves from them. Protecting us from what? From the right to have an abortion? Don't, well, then don't have one from the right to, to even to, to order so that we can, what, what, and what will the result be? We will throw women in jail who basically have medical abortions, who, ha, who have pharmaceutically induced abortions. Is that what we're prepared to, to, to what end? To what end? To what, to what benefit to society? There is none. This is just fear, 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 and more fear. And injecting more of it and more of it. The facts become absolutely irrelevant. There's no common sense whatsoever. There's no rationality to the court doing even what it did so far in Roe v. Wade. That's insane. That decision was insane. Heller was insane on guns, ignoring the whole first half of the Second Amendment. And to allow this Amarillo judge's ruling, completely destroying the functionality of the Food and Drug Administration, that would be insane. Except on one level, on a concerted, conscious desire to put wedges between and among the American people. To what end? That's, that's to end... America, if you want to keep wedging, putting wedges in between people, for what benefit? I mean, Clarence, does Clarence get a bigger, a bigger vacation boost from his Republican mega donor? Uh, who's getting more money? Who's, who's, who's making out better? Who, who got something as a result of this? But, but what's the end, 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 end product? If, if it's not the policies themselves, if it's the symbolic relation, the meaning of the policies, which is basically to divide and divide and divide some more, where is the benefit? I ask Fox viewers, where is the benefit? How does this benefit your life? How does it benefit the country? I, I, I don't see it. I can't, I can't imagine it. We, we've got to start, some element of rationality has to be re-injected into this process. This, this, this reflexive need to divide must be examined more carefully.
We, we can't just keep feeding it because, well, we fed it and it's sort of on its own now and all we can do is keep feeding it. No, we must keep talking. I, here, Central F Radio, I must keep talking about this. You must keep listening to this. You must get this in your head that we cannot simply pursue a reflexive wedging process. We cannot can reflexively just increase the size of the chasm for someone's benefit. Because somebody in Washington wants to be reelected and they've gerrymandered their district enough that this is the way to do it. And yeah, people will respond to a, taking it out on the libs, even if it cuts the nose off their own face, if, they spite, if, they're, if they're cutting off their nose to spite their face on this. This, this is irrational. It's not American. It makes no sense. We may have gone in this direction. Other countries may have gone in this direction, not recognizing where it goes. If you want to review how, how Hitler basically in the Third Reich got to a point of, 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 of governance in Germany, and then, of course, then the governance was gone, but he came in through elected office. And if you ever want to really, really study that, it's, it's, it's an eye-opener, folks. Differentiation, blaming, making sure that there's someone who is your enemy without any real recognition of what the true benefit is to you. Simply saying that if we don't attack these people, put this group down, force these people to pay a price for what they've done to us, if we don't do it now, we'll never, ever, ever be what? I don't know. We'll never be a country again. Oh, we're past that. We're past being America. We have to divide ourselves all the more. We can't even talk about it. No, that's wrong. It's as wrong as anything can be. We have to simply say it. We have to keep putting that out there. This is an insane process that the far right is going through right now. It's irrational. It's a fear-based process, and it's got to be called out again and again and again. And it's got to be recognized for what it is, a race to the bottom and a race to dissolve the functional capacity of this American experiment to continue. You can't allow people just to keep throwing more wedges in day by day. You can't accept them. They can't be rewarded. I pray to God that Smartmatic the second of the, uh, of the ballot, uh, on, online ballot companies that's going to attack, that's going after Fox. I think for this, they're going for like 2.5 or 2.6 billion themselves. I pray to God they get Fox into a position where they're virtually incapable of, that they lose market share, that, something, that there's something discernible that finally gets through the, the, the barriers that Fox puts up between reality and its viewers, that it, it, it explodes outside of the silo. I pray that that happens. Something that spills out and says, wait a minute, here, here's reality, not the crap that we're feeding you day by day. Oh, we, we couldn't hold this one back. It just, it just literally spilled out of the silo. And you're well, you weren't meant to see this or understand this, but there it is just the same. It's got to happen. We can't keep allowing this level of lie and deception and wedge politicking 
to be the guiding force and the driving force in this country. We've got to push back more. Democrats have been known forever. Well, you know, don't worry, Democrats, they, they don't, they don't, they're not as crazy. as like, They wouldn't dare use our tactics. They wouldn't jump up and down and yell and scream. But, but, but. Well, we got to do a little more jumping up and down here. But jumping up and down and screaming a little more rationally, too. Explaining, you can't keep wedging people apart and expect the place to function like anything like it did. I said this way back, way back. I couldn't believe it when I was saying it, but it's so true, and I'll, I'll say it again right now. You can't have Trumpism and America. The two are mutually exclusive. You can't play the Trump game, the division, the blame, the grievance game, spread it outward through the whole country, have everybody react to it, and expect this country to function in any recognizable way. So Donald... Do us a favor and please lose several of the cases, not just the one, not just the criminal cases against you right now. You have, I think you have another, uh, you have a civil rape case coming up next week. You'll probably be indicted on the documents in the next, I don't know, I, I would hope within the next month and, and, and shortly after that or not at the same time on the January 6th stuff. And then if, whenever, uh, the, whenever the, uh, the Georgia case, whenever Fannie Willis decides to bring the indictment against you for, lose as many of these as you can. Make people as, uh, force them to go outside the silo. Force people to actually have to listen to some source other than you and Fox or Newsmax and say, it was a lie. And in that case, it was a lie. And when they convicted him in that case, it was a lie. And they well, these are all lies. It's all one huge conspiracy. Elect him so that he can basically get himself out of jail. That, that's got to be your campaign slogan. Elect me so that I can grant myself a pardon. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Get yourself forced into the... You've got to elect me so that I can pardon myself, so that basically I can get past all of these lies. And by the way, I won the 2020 election. Let's, let's keep that one going. Let's see how long it takes before the silo is so full of crap and bullshit that it just bursts from the edges. And that we get back to something verging on rational thought and something verging on compromise and some common sense that we're doing all this, we're having this country for the purpose of basically helping everybody in it. I don't know, this is, I, I just have to get this sort of thing out once in a while. I'm, uh, I, I don't know that I've given you any great insider knowledge. I've given you my feelings, my reactions. I think they may be yours as well, or, or in some form, yours as well. Don't be afraid to be rational. And by God, don't be afraid to be an American. Which means you're in it with everyone else for the benefit of all. That's the basic idea. Be guided by that. Be guided by that. And realize that there are many who are not right now. But that can change too. You see, I have, I have hope. They call it center-left radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. And speaking of jazz, 
I think we could use a little of that right about now. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. 
and we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial progressive programming, and we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Let's get right into it. You know it's Friday. We've talked about this already. David, what's on your mind? Well, there's a lot. We didn't talk last week, so we got to cover a whole bunch of things, some stupid, some not. If you want to hear more from me, you can hear me at uh, Faces Ideas on uh, Twitter. Um, so, actually, speaking of Twitter, let's start with that. Okay. So, Elon Musk has decided to remove the uh, the verification, the blue verification check marks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for anyone who isn't paying the $8. Now, to be clear, it's not because he's doing this because he wants money. Yeah. Um, he now he tried this already. They tried their 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 no verification program and. It was immediately a disaster. Lost Elon literally like thirteen million dollars. It was it was fantastic. Um, as we know right now, it's basically just like scammers who have it. Um, some larger government orgs have it. Um, NPR is actually no longer on Twitter because he decided to uh, make them a state based, uh, uh, a state funded media, like basically the the state controlled NPR. Oh, I see. That's, I don't even that's, remember that's why. How, that's how Musk has defined them. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, All right. All right. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, so besides the fact that he did this and he decided to personally pay for a bunch of celebrities to do it, um, who, who outright said they weren't going to do it, like LeBron and um, Stephen King, <laughs> this is going to cause a problem when there is some type of emergency because – the further down the chain you go, the more copies and bots there are of these agencies or people who spread stuff, spread misinformation. Those type of people are going to be like the Jack Posobiacs, the 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 Cernoviches, all those crazy people. They're all they're all going to keep their certification because they're paying for it because they know that they can use it to um, spread misinformation. Right. Uh, so right. 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 This will instantly be a problem as soon as there's like a hurricane or something. Um, 
and people get like crazy misinformation from these lunatics, uh, which we dodged in the last election. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I want to talk about two more outrage things, and then we'll get to like real politics. One is the Alec Baldwin thing, because this is actually important. Um, so Alec Baldwin shot that woman on Russ, whether it was intentional or not, whatever. Yeah. Um, they just dropped the charges against him. Now, conservatives are all mad about this, but I want to bring up two points. One, if it wasn't Alec Baldwin, but it was, I don't know, Kevin Sorbo or James Woods or Chris Rock or some other right-wing guy who did the exact same thing, they would be cheering. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, just, it's just, you know, wedge politics. That's all it is, yeah. yeah. And the perfect example of this is Daniel Perry. So... For those of you who don't know, during uh, the Bacchus Matter protest, there was a guy named Daniel Perry. Daniel Perry apparently had a, a history of telling his friends that he was going to kill some protesters, that he was going to that he hated black people, those types of stuff. Well, in Texas, they were having their uh, Black Lives Matter one of the protests, and there was a, a woman there who was paraplegic, and her husband was carrying a gun, basically to keep people away from her and like to protect her. Uh-huh. Daniel Perry drove into the protest, then shot the guy with the gun, and then drove out. Uh-huh. Now, this went to trial. This evidence was shown to the jury of his peers, and they said he was guilty. Uh huh. Obviously, you can't have that in America. You should be allowed to murder protesters. Of course. As long course. as they're... As long as they're Democrats. This right, is, of course. This is what yeah, we yeah. saw the, uh, uh, the the Santa's law that lets you run over protesters. Um, so Tucker Carlson went on air and started complaining about this, and Greg Abbott said, "Hey, I'm going to pardon him." And all the chuds were like, "Yeah, we're going to defend him." We're like, "Listen, he said he, you know, he had a right to stand his ground." Keep in mind, this is not like the Rittenhouse case where people were arguing it before it happened. Daniel Perry had already been found guilty in a court of law using these defenses that everyone was using. Right. So there's nothing there. The other one, and I think this is this is also the more important one, is um, did you know that the conservatives are at war with Bud Light? Are what? Conservatives are at war with Antimer Bush or Bud Light because oh. <laughs> there is a 45-second TikTok of Dylan Mulvaney, who doing a commercial for Bud Light for March Madness. Dylan Mulvaney, if you don't know who that is because you're not on the internet, is a trans person who gets, like, endorsed. He's a trans influencer. The, and because the conservative party's currently in their let's, let's genocide trans people phase, um, they have to now not drink Bud Lights because they weren't homophobic or transphobic enough. Oh, I see. And this, I, I, and I cannot wish them enough luck. I want them to <laughs> yell about this from the rooftops. We've already seen people just blowing up stuff. And uh, first off, they are sending bomb threats to distilleries. Naturally, that's what you do. I mean, that's just that's yeah. just it's the right thing to do. 
because you know the normal thing to do is react like lunatics anytime a trans person. Sure, of course, of course, of course. They're taking away our rights. I I don't know. They they want me to change my. I I don't know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But bomb threats at a minimum. I mean, my God. Just so you can hear, you can hear uh, Fox talk about the bomb threat or hear One American News talk about the bomb threat, and it's like, hey, hey, man, we made it. You know, Ron. Yeah, wow, or whatever. You know, just. You know, and, and then let totally, the cops chase Totally it. normal stuff that the average American would uh, support. Of course, of um, course, of course. Normal now this stuff. Also come, this also comes down to legislation because the House just passed their uh, Protect Women's Sports Act. Now, let's be clear about this. They don't give a flying fuck about women's sports. Not not, not, e- not even a little. Not even a little. Like, in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh so what this is is uh, their further genocide, their their further campaign against uh, trans people. They just want them ostracized from all parts of society. Their argument is that uh, trans trans women who were, were men who transitioned into women. Now we're talking about in high school, yeah, or or uh, in regular elementary, um, have an unfair advantage for. Um, a whole bunch of different stuff, sports, and they're going to destroy women's sports. They always uh-huh. their their example is usually Leah Tom- Thomas, even though they're they're just lying. Like Leah Thomas, when she was a male, was essentially as good a swimmer as she was as a female. Um, and then when they quote, oh, she was four hundred ninety second the year before. That was because she was on um, uh, hormone blockers as she transitioned. That's not the point. But they passed this bill, and they're like, yeah. Democrats don't want to uh, protect women's sports. First off, there's like, I shit you not, like 12 trans kids in the country playing sports that weren't what they were born as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in the country. Um, and but I'm we, not but sure they, how But they got it, it out there. They got the word out there. They got a piece of legislation, and it was a 100% Republican Congress that went ahead and passed it. And by God, they're protecting Amer- protecting our girls and our women in their sports. And, and we got the word out there. And now, what will we do tomorrow? Golly, how do we get it out there again tomorrow? You know, that's it. It's- well, tomorrow they passed their, uh, um, their bill about the... Uh, about the debt zone, which I'm still trying to figure out all that's in it, but mostly appears to be a uh, repeal of the IRA. Yeah, uh, that that one of the one of the, there were about seven different major points that are in this. Uh, we'll give you, we'll pass, the, we'll we'll allow the debt ceiling to be raised if you will give us everything and your wives and your children. Oh, including unfund the IRS, the you know the Internal Revenue Service, uh, take away all uh, uh, climate related and all uh, and, and and all Earth related uh, improvement stuff. Uh, it also looks of- to cut um, spending for the the VA, for right? The police, yeah, for the yeah. Yeah, really for, important uh, stuff. And the, I mean, just all one culture war issue after the next. And I think, I don't know, I, I don't know what your sense is. I'm beginning to wonder whether or not McCarthy can pull this off, even even with the crazy. I mean, and, and Biden, I think, is doing the right thing here. Just saying, no, we're, we're not going to play this game anymore. You cannot link debt ceiling raising to the budget and then make crazy budget things. I'm not going to do it. So 
I want to raise the debt ceiling. Do you? No, you don't? Okay. It's on your asses right there. It's it's on you. Now, well, the advantage of this is now Biden has also re- Biden released his budget as well so that they can then argue that they, their differences. Now, these don't need to be linked. You're correct. Also, this didn't need to be an issue. They could have just raised the debt ceiling or extended it through 2024. Right. Um, but, you know, why have nice things? Uh, so we'll see. I think this will this will be a very clear. And the, the, the thing about this is that, that needs to be pointed out. Um, uh, most importantly, is a lot of the IRA money, uh, the the. Uh, Inflation Reduction Act for green um, technology and stuff. That went to Republican states. Right, right, right. Like like an overwhelming majority of it went to Republican states. Of course. And I think the way— Where it was needed the most. Where it was needed the most. That was the whole point. Right, because they're in a deadlocked— race to watch the planet burn as fast as possible because god forbid anything remotely positive ever happened in <laughs> their states without them turning it into a culture worship that's why they got mad about good gas stoves at one time because part of the funding in that was to help replace gas stoves in other areas yeah, yeah. Um, like some of the stuff they're like oh yeah you should just be able to um not clean up super sites and or uh invest in low-income areas but like that's that's where it is um we have uh see who else we got um and and yeah i think the way to deal this is to uh to purposely target those specific especially the moderate and the swing ones to talk about how hey this is your district your representative is going to vote for you to lose all these jobs because that's what's going to happen. That's what they're they're aiming for, and you need to start targeting in all these these areas, the across states, and let them know because there's there needs to be more spotlight on the insanity of this. Like we're not even talking. There's not even na- going to be national coverage about what's happening in Montana, where they were having a trans. Um, they were having some type of bill that I think said that you could discriminate based on um, gender, and they have a they have a trans. Uh, uh, state uh, representative there, and they just wouldn't let her speak. They're just like, yeah, no, we're not going to call on you in any way, shape, or form. You're not censured. We're just going to say, no, fuck you, you can't speak. Um, and they have done this. They've now extended it through the rest of the session. Um, she's not censored. They're just, they've just decided she's not allowed to speak because um, when they were debating this bill, she said, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to um, there's going to be blood on your hands for this. And this made them mad because it hurt their feethies. So they said, yeah, we're going to just do more undemocratic shit. Gee, that's, this sounds something like the, uh, the, the, the Tennessee uh, approach to doing things. Yeah, along Well, those Tennessee is having its own new set of issues, including the fact that the speaker may not live in his district and also has spent at least since March covering up that one of the other... Uh, heads of these uh, people who was pushing to expel those other things is found guilty of being a uh, of sexual harassment and used government funds in order to try to relocate and silence the victims. Oh God, that's wonderful. I mean, this is, this sounds like something that they should be putting on a, a show on the grand old Opry just to sort of celebrate all this. I, it, it gets, it gets so nuts. It's, it's so damn nuts. 
and uh, and and well, we, we you got to keep turning over the rocks and getting this information out. This is uh, this is what you're awfully good at doing, David. I've noticed over the yes. years. And then know? there's one more. There's one more. Actually, there's two more crazy. But very quickly, uh, Ron DeSantis is continuing to fight with um, with Disney, which I think is excellent because God nothing says um, I know what I'm doing than fighting with the biggest power broker, the biggest uh, reads in your state is like enjoyable um, because they aren't transphobic or hate gay people enough because they put out a lukewarm statement about your don't say gay bill, which you then lied about and then uh, expanded anyway. So, um, you know, what would be the funniest thing if Disney just went to California. Um, I think conservatives would explode. Well, uh, just obviously, I don't think that's going to happen because it's just it's too much fun. I mean, I know that's a that's a bad the wrong word, but to watch DeSantis actually attacked attack Mickey Mouse to threaten to build prisons right next to Disney uh, the Disney property to to basically tell mothers and children kids who have been looking forward all year and mommy finally says yes yes we're gonna take you down to Disney World and. But now I have to worry about, well, there'll be a lax prison break or something because we really want to go ahead and screw things up at Disney, says Ron DeSantis. We want to make your visit as horrible as possible, says Ron DeSantis. I'm going to screw Mickey Mouse. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to be screwing the entire damned country while I'm at it. And I somehow don't recognize, he somehow doesn't get this. How, 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 what, what kind of instincts does this guy have? Does he have any? That's why he's getting clobbered and he hasn't even run yet. Yeah, um, yeah. But the other thing, and this is this is the only time we need to mention this. Uh, one of the Kennedys, uh, Kennedy Jr., oh, um, yeah. is, yeah. is yeah. running for president. Uh, he's an anti-vax lunatic. Uh, he will get whatever the anti-vax vote is. He's running as a Democrat. And uh, that's the end of any type of um, coverage that he gets. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's, it's going to be... He will not actually ever show up on any ballot uh, at the presidential level. He's not going to be a Ralph Nader spoiler. He's just basically going to stick around and try to do something during, uh, I guess, during the uh, during the uh, during the primaries. It, 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 not that there's really going to be much of a primary season, but but uh, for some reason, this Kennedy kid, uh, he's out there and uh, he's. He's gonna do whatever the hell he's gonna to try to do. He's got he's got he's got some issues. He's got some issues. So, what the hell? What else you got for me, David? I think that was most of it. I think that was, and I think that was damn good. I appreciate it tremendously. Um, I, I, I and earlier in the show, I was I did a basically one extended segment on the notion of of wedge issues and how ridiculous it is. I didn't get into a lot of the details, but just the whole concept of using wedging for the sake of wedging without the issues actually being important. It's just for the sake of driving people apart because it's that sense of grievance and differentiation that puts money in the pockets of the people who need it. It's how you fundraise if you're a politician. It's how you it's how you get people to watch your station if you're Fox. And we've got to keep talking about this. And I and I 
I, I've said it enough times, but I'll say it again. I compliment you tremendously for being able to not just get into the weeds, but to make a lot of sense of about what species of weeds it is and why the weeds might not be the best thing to put on your salad. And I, and I really appreciate it. David, where else can people hear you? Uh, they can find me at uh, t- uh, Twitter at uh, Faces Ideas Doom. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I encourage you to follow David and keep your eye on him and Listen to us here on Center Left Radio because clearly there's a, a there's a, <laughs> it, it's getting curiouser and curiouser as I believe uh, you know Lewis Carroll might have put it. Uh, but but rather than getting into any kind of literary uh, uh, end end games over here, we're going to go in another direction and enjoy a little more jazz. listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. The so-called legislative agenda of Kevin McCarthy and others around the country is nothing of the sort. It's just more issues that can basically get the, uh, the base riled up and drive more wedges. Nothing gets done. Nothing gets accomplished. It's even against the desires of people in the base. People are figuring this out. Oh.